Live from Los Angeles, California, AfterBuzz TV, and America's Voice, this is The Trump Report. Yes, indeed. Welcome to The Trump Report. I'm Christian Blatt, and we are here to report on all of your Trump needs. And it is indeed Stormy Weather is the title of the episode, and uh, our friend Marissa in the booth has... Can, I, I don't even want to say outdone herself because every week is great. But once again, uh, we have a beautiful graphic and uh, hats off to Marissa. Uh, I am joined by Chelsea Galicia. Hello. And Brooks Elise. Hi, everyone. And uh, Scott Moore couldn't make it. Tamara couldn't make it. But I'm surrounded by the ladies. So, uh, you know, I guess I have something in common with the president. In any case, <laughs> uh, not to hey, say yeah, that. Hey, was... look, you know. <laughs> They're not all porn stars. That's all I'm saying. Um, Adult any, film actresses. You're right, actually. And what is is there what, like a is that a difference without a distinction? Or well, a I, you know, it's funny. I heard the, a conversation about that. Uh, oddly enough, on the Howard Stern show, and the idea is that they prefer to be called adult film stars, uh, just like a stripper would like to be an exotic dancer. You know, mm. you sort of just it sounds nicer. What you're doing is the same thing, but it's just it's just a, you know it's like you're not a garbage man. You're a sanitation engineer. Right. You know, so um, we'll so we'll talk pres- about that. They call Trump president, right? Pre- right. That's his euphemism. <laughs> so, uh, Brooke, I'm going to start with you because you had the texts going around with uh, us <laughs> and our friend Drexel and Scott was on it. Uh, you were counting down the minutes until the, the 60 minutes interview. Uh, so I don't see that as something where we got any real news that we didn't already know, but give us your thoughts about the conversation on 60 Minutes with Stormy Daniels. Right. So we didn't get um, that much new information from the 60 Minutes interview. You knew about but, the spanking? Oh, I didn't I, know about I, I the actually, spanking. I had heard about that, the Roll Up magazine. I had oh, heard yeah. That before. Actually, because I was wa- I was watching on Twitter, and of course the East Coast had seen it ahead of time, I did oh, see right. some clips a couple hours beforehand. But, yeah, um, come on, East Coast. No spoilers on the Stormy Daniels know, interview. What are you doing? It, but we did know that she was going to talk about the threats. And yeah. I think ultimately, you know, a lot of people have said, you know, what's the big deal? Trump, you know, banged a porn star. We know he's an adulterer. We know that he's a player. What's the big deal? And, you know, ultimately, this is about power. This is about money. This is about his intimidating women and silencing them with threats. And then it's also about a potential crime, um, depending on where that money came from, if it was a campaign contribution or if it was a contribution in kind to hide um, something regarding the president, what, six days before the actual election, which is a crime, ultimately. Yeah, and I mean that's sort of where I'm at on it. Look, there's there's a part of you that can't help but ignore some of the details, some of them being kind of funny, like the rolled up magazine. Yeah. Uh, but that is not what's important here. I mean, you know, when it comes to Monica Lewinsky, is just a way of comparison. I'm not that bothered by what happened. It's the fact that he lied about it. Right. You know, that's where the problem comes it's in. It's always you know? the cover yeah. up. That you know, I- married guys doing stuff in the office that they shouldn't, you know, that'll never shock me. So, uh, especially if they're president, just because opportunity, you know, and of course Trump wasn't president at the time. That's not the point. Uh, but then it gets into the paying someone. Mm-hmm. So just how bad is he that he needs to pay someone to not talk about how it happened. Um, <laughs> Chelsea, again, no surprises, but uh, what well. did you... Well, okay, let me know. Oh, what, yeah, what did you find? I mean, listen, I was a little bit shocked. It was surprising. I mean, mm-hmm. it rendered Trump 
tweetless. I mean, it was <laughs> jaw-dropping for me and thumb-dropping it, for him. It's true. Usually it's just allegations against Putin that uh, have him staying quiet. This is th- These are the only topics, I think, where he's he's got no opinion. And I'm thinking, why in this case is he behaving differently? And I'm thinking some of his lawyers are saying, hey, you're going to lose this defamation case if you do that, because surely anything he says would be defamatory to her, I would imagine, because it's not going to just stop that she's not telling the truth. He's going to throw in some kind of insulting dig, which could be defamatory. But in the interview itself, she kind of ruined her defamation case by acknowledging that, in fact, she's made a lot of money from this. And so unless she's able to point out to a business deal or business deals that she actually lost from this, she really doesn't have a defamation claim against Trump or even Michael Cohen. Right. I mean, what if she was up to be the host of the AVN Awards, the Adult Film Video Awards, and then they were like, oh, no, 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 you were with Trump. We can't possibly do that. That does That is not something that uh, Hey, if that's to- possible, then fine. But as far as I can tell, and, and, and I was also maybe, mm, I guess I was a bit surprised at how credible she appeared. Mm-hmm. I would say that as somebody who spent a lot of time with witnesses, deposing witnesses, things of that nature, that I feel like I have a good BS meter right. when it comes to that. And she appeared to be very credible. And I just, I, I don't know if I would go so bad as she's trying to make everybody feel bad for her or she's trying to make money off right. of this. I, I didn't see it um, that way. I mean, she is... Going to, she's making money. She's not hiding that. So, I yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't even know that she was trying to make people feel bad for. Her. I think it's just I, I want to tell my story, and what it really comes down to is, well, I only got one hundred thirty thousand dollars. You know, if I'd gotten like four million dollars to not talk, I probably wouldn't be talking. But then just the realization that, like, oh, my story's worth a lot more than one hundred thirty thousand dollars. That's on her, you know. Uh, but back around to what Brooks said. The idea that Michael Cohen was in any way involved with getting this payment to her, uh, I, I don't know, Chelsea, do you feel like this? that's the part of the story that won't go away, no matter how much uh, Trump likes to bury it under fake news? Yeah, well, for, on certain fronts, for in terms of voters, this should, although these evangelical Christians never cease to amaze me, make a difference with them. Because I'm pretty sure it doesn't. <laughs> I don't think I, that it does. I don't no, know no. I, I, look, I it think should. it should. I agree with what Brooke's saying, but I also agree <laughs> with what Chelsea's saying. I mean, there was actually a Washington Post. Uh, it was an opinion piece. It wasn't really an article. Uh, the title of which was "Evangelical Support of Trump Will Cost Them Spiritually." So they're really selling out their beliefs. And look, you can you can hate Democrats and. Hillary Clinton. I almost said Chelsea Clinton, but you could hate her too. You could. You know, you're, you're welcome to dislike anyone and everyone. But at some point, where does someone's behavior just cross a line that's well, so far beyond what you think is appropriate that you will no longer defend them? It's a really great question. But where this does come into important play is that payment, especially for an administrative uh, administration that holds themselves out to be. That of law and order, law and order, and kind of goes to show that I guess they don't take campaign rules, uh, regulations all that seriously, but we really do need them to be taken quite seriously. In fact, um, I think that's like the, the entry to the swamp is through the elections, and if you can't follow campaign regulations, I mean, that would mean that Michael Cohen gave about 126000 too much to the campaign, <laughs> which is a wee bit of a, much. It's a little bit of an overtip. Right. Uh, and this, were, yeah. this is analogous to John Edwards, 
who, if you guys remember, around the same time during his campaign, used campaign money to pay off his uh, baby's mama, essentially. And he was charged, but he was never um, convicted. He ended up, they didn't end up um, convicting him. So it's impossible that this could happen. And then Trump would go free. But ultimately, even if Michael Cohen paid out of his own pocket, he says he took out a line of credit on his home mortgage. That's very nice. Right? Um, that's also against the rules of the <laughs> professional responsibility rules as a as an attorney. You're not supposed to pay out of pocket for your client unless that client is indigent, which we know Donald Trump is not. No, so I mean, he's, 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 been, breaking, he's been bankrupt, but I also think that right. he's, got, he's got a few sticks to rub together. Uh, Let's just say that this whole thing is is obvious corruption on their part, and I think that it's one of many pieces of the puzzle in terms of the way that in which they've uh, led all of their business dealings. I mean, let's face it. He surrounds himself with thugs, really. Thugs who intimidate, thugs who pay off people to silence them. There's word that's coming out. I don't know if you saw the new, recent BuzzFeed article where another person was um, threatened yeah, I, I mean, that that's sort of uh, one of the parts of this, you know, because you, you have this story, you have Karen McDougal's story, the right. play-by-play man. Again, neither of these are while he's president. Uh, but you hear a lot of uh, intimidation, but also threats, very <clears throat> very blanket, expletive-laden threats in the case mm-hmm. of uh, of one in particular. I, I remember so many of the Never Hillary crowd were, sure. s- were saying, well, w- look at her husband, what her husband did, what she's done on behalf of her husband to silence women. Well, okay, guess now they're on even playing field, even if, I mean... Trump, I even, well, Trump I, even brought out some of the women who he, claimed that they I, were silenced He brought by, all of them. Yeah, I, I believe that Hillary. they were, uh, I think, uh, uh, Kathleen Willey and Paula Jones. Mm-hmm. I think everybody was there. And now he's dead silent on the Well, you know, you, know, you know, he's very busy now. So now... now he's it's got a lot on his plate. That's uh, sure. it, it, is a, it is an interesting point. You know, the, the thing to think back on, which is probably a horrible uh, realization, is the idea that this could have come out before the election. And he still could have won because of just how much people didn't want to vote for Hillary. Well, the you tape know? had come out just around the same time. And right. he did win. Right, exactly. So, uh, I don't know. I find it... Uh, the, the whole thing is, is, of course, fascinating, but it's, as with everything, it's, it's, it's sort of a slow build, you know? You have the salacious headlines from the, uh, you know, from the interviews. And, you know, one of the things that we got from both Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal is... Just the idea that, let's just say, that um, he wasn't fully prepared for the encounter. He was not protected. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, that's a, and I I, that <laughs> with with a an adult film actress. I I don't like to cast aspersions on people, but I feel like if there's ever a situation where you need to, you know, be <laughs> Take protected, extra protection yeah, maybe precaution. use two or three just to be sure. Obviously, that's a joke, but uh, you know, I, I just, it just what a horrific judgment, you know. It's just like, and and then also the fact that you, even if you were never president, you're one of the wealthiest, at least celebrities mm-hmm. in American society. You, you're not worried about uh, having a, a a little a little trumplet running around, Trumplets. you know, <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, uh, allegedly that could have been a situation that happened with Marla Maples uh, is something that I have heard in recent memory. So, well, uh, he that, did say that they both remind him of Ivanka, so maybe he oh, was thinking is... of making another little Ivanka. Well, trumplet. he'd be, ma- so he'd be making a, so a Tiffany in that case. You know, and I think he already feels like he has one Tiffany too many. 
What? No, no. He's like Tiffany who? (laughs) Well, to some extent. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, without getting too much into the the personal aspect of it, I mean, you can't ignore that, right, Brooke? I mean, that's just, I I don't know. There's there's bad judgment. There's an old Saturday Night Live fake commercial. It's called Bad Idea Jeans. Mm -hmm. And it's a bunch of guys sitting around. It's based on a real jeans commercial from the late 80s. And it's a bunch of guys sitting around and they're just saying things like, you know, I think I'm going to tell my wife about the affair. And then Bad Idea Uh Jeans comes up. And it's like, David Spade, I remember, he's just like, and I figured, well, what am I ever going to get back to Haiti? And then Bad Idea Jeans. And this is this is the ultimate Bad Idea Jeans ad. It's like, yeah. well, Stormy Daniels, I mean, look at her. So, you know, why not? Um, what do you think about this judgment on the part of uh, President Bad Idea I Jeans? I mean, <laughs> I think that his base should be looking very closely at the decisions that he's made, the poor decisions he's made. And take that into consideration when they think about the fact that the national security, the security of our country is um, right under his tiny little hands, um, <laughs> which is really scary. Um, he's he's going to tweet at you about his taker. tiny hands. Now that he heard that you said that, he's going to tweet at you about his, his, his hands are fine. There's no problems with his hands. Right, right. Um, uh, one of the so. things that we were talking about before we started, Chelsea, was the comment from Kara McDougal. That uh, well, not then, then not president. That Trump uh, tried to pay her mm-hmm. afterwards, mm-hmm. and you had an interesting thought. You were you were looking up uh, prostitution laws, right? Because I don't. Rem- this is not something that you cover in law school. Yeah. Not, I don't. Remember Which, by the way, so, it, look yet. in California, it probably should be. But but what I was thinking was, even if he paid her after, is that illegal? Is that prostitution? And by my estimation, it's not, because what is illegal is the solicitation of asking somebody, I will please have sex with me and I will pay you. If you happen to have sex and then you pay them, there was no solicitation. So conceivably, and perhaps in just some states, that would not meet the threshold for prostitution. Right. And I I mean, I guess the... The the Karen McDougal story, it's more about, you know, people trying to keep her quiet because, again, there's there's not that much to that story that is is not the same really as the I – mean, in fact, the, you know, really the story Daniel's story – Stormy Daniel's story is probably a little bit more interesting. But uh, but Karen had a much longer relationship with yeah, him. Yeah, right. And actually. she loved him? Right. I don't I look, part that that kind of ruined her credibility right, for I, me because I didn't really understand that. There there are we can vouch for three women who at least all appearances are at some point in their life loved Donald Trump. Uh Ivana Trump, Marla Maples, and Melania. At some point they felt strongly enough that they married him. Mm, what? Well, and they and they've all have one thing in common and that's that they've all been silenced by him because of money. I think Ivana actually speaks. uh, She spoke openly and accused him technically of rape in her divorce proceedings. Later on, she did. I will clarify. She did say that she felt like it was emotional rape because he didn't have the same tender, loving care that he normally exhibits during sex. Um, But afterwards, she there's a gag order now that she cannot speak on it. Similar to Karen McDougal, similar to Stormy Daniels, and and any other who else we have no idea who else he's paid so that they um, remain quiet. And I'm sure Marla keeps her mouth shut, too. Yeah, you, you'll hear from her once in a while. And honestly, it's usually in defense of Tiffany, which I think, it, you know, good for her that, you know, because I made light of Tiffany before. But uh, I think that uh, Marla takes that very personally. You know, the fact that she is sort of the, the forgotten one. Um, by the way, 
Gag Order is my favorite Stormy Daniels movie. Uh, we're going to take a short <laughs> break right now. And when we come back, we'll talk about far less salacious uh, details. Uh, so we, So stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Trump Report. Christian Blatt, Chelsea Galicia, Brooke Solis. Uh, I will affirm that I am a citizen of these United States, but a uh, story that's been uh, making the rounds is the fact that now the census has questions about citizenship. And it obviously is a very political tactic. And uh, in researching it, I did find out that the censuses, the sensi or censuses uh, <laughs> from 1820 through 1950, it did always have a question about citizenship. So all I'll say is that there is at least a precedent for it. It's not a brand new item on there. But Chelsea. But what I couldn't find out is why they took the question off. After 1950. Honestly, probably for uh, gerrymandering purposes by a party or both parties, if I had to guess. You know, I mean, in 1950, it's it's hard to say who that would benefit more, in all honesty. You know, I, I would assume something like that happens. It only happens for a political reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, Brooke, your thoughts about the fact that now it's showing up and what what that indication, what that indicates to you? Well, I would think that the ultimate functionality of having a census is so that we do get a true and honest count of those that are in our country and all of the other questions that they're asking so that we get true and honest statistics. So I'm thinking, I don't really know, that the reason that they took it off is so people were more um, incentivized or or not deterred from not answering because they weren't citizens because we want to know that they're here and want to know more specifics about them. I'm I'm pretty positive it had to do with some partisan effort to get it taken down but now that it's um being re-implemented and is that for sure or is it is it there's a couple lawsuits from california and new york and new york York is trying to join some other states to fight it saying exactly what you're saying that the sort of what is it the the enumeration (laughs) so the the goal of getting a correct count would be defeated by adding this question. Right, and Mm -hmm. the question really becomes, are you then subdividing, like, okay, well, this X number in each state is who said that they are not citizens. Um, And are you then saying, like, you know, X number citizens, parentheses, X number not citizens. And are you counting the whole thing? And I guess that's sort of what the the bigger question is there. Um, It it definitely seems like a tactic that... Who's checking the box that's going to say, like, oh, yeah, I'm not a citizen, you know? I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I... Well, let's not forget that it is not illegal to not be a citizen and live in the United States. It's not. Now explain but. that statement because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pretend that I can wrap my head around it. But uh, There I'm... are resident green card holders. Okay. Um, there yes, are. Sir. Right. So there but, are. But you need to have some kind of documentation that allows permit. you to be here. But right. you're still not a citizen. Right. And I, on the, I, I actually on this one can see the reason for having it because if you want to have the correct number of congressional uh, representation seats for um, states, you want to know how many people are actually citizen voters. However, it's not illegal to be in this country and not be a citizen. So it should they should still be counted. The problem is, is that right now we are under this massive ICE raid 
fear. And so people will be very afraid to answer truthfully. And so then the Democrats are right in that this is going to subvert the actual intent of what the census is about. Mm -hmm. But I would say that if we had done this, let's say, under the Obama administration, that I wouldn't really even have a problem with the question because I don't see that people would necessarily be afraid of what their answer would mean for them. But still, even if you're in this country not as a citizen, there, we still need to know how many people are around so that we can prepare for natural disasters and for health clinics and all these kinds of things that uh, the government provides for citizens and non-citizens who are in this country. And also the fact, again, 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 there are many people undocumented in this country who are here for the benefit, actually, if you look on the weight of it, who are here for the benefit of American citizens. It makes... I can't go through the whole thing about how much they contribute in terms of tax dollars, in terms of doing jobs that American citizens don't want to do. So uh, if this is like a way to chase them out even more, I think that we're doing ourselves actually a disservice and so people should selfishly be opposed to this even if they are citizens because it is going to hurt the country even more. I mean, what, next summer when we none of us can afford fruit, you'll know why, uh, because we've chased them all the way and now to have them put on their, I'm not a citizen, and then you're afraid, like, a migrant is coming, you know, mm -hmm. the, the moment I put this in the mail, they're going to grab it from the mail and look at it, and if I'm not a citizen, they're going to come well, and, and take me away. Well, in a lot of away. cases, I mean, I've known people that have been census workers, you, you're actually going door to door and talking to people, and it's like, well, who, who's going to answer these questions? And I, I don't know if I, I feel like it causes more problems than it solves, in all honesty. And I don't know that you're really, you know, who, like I said, who's going to say, who's going to own up to this? And right. I guess it's the same question as why they don't have, at least most states don't have voter ID laws, because then you feel like people are going to be afraid to vote, you know? And so it's like, people are going to be afraid. So you're sort of taking away what you're trying to accomplish, which is ultimately, like Chelsea was saying, like get a head count for how many people are here for all the different reasons that it's important to know that. Um, so I don't know. Brooke, do you think that uh, – honestly, do you think that uh, it will be a huge number of people who just aren't counted because of this? Oh, absolutely. I think it, it will not be an accurate reflection of who's in our country. And it will be – at the end of the day – Everyone loses because we won't be prepared, like Chelsea said. Um, you know, we use that also to to look back on our history. Um, this is silly, but you know, more recently, I was I'm, I I like to look back at my ancestry and find out where my family came did you from. Twenty three and Me. I haven't done Twenty Three and Me. I, I did Ancestry dot com, and I'm <laughs> building my family tree and these. All of these census responses, that's kind of how you determine, like, what happened throughout our history. And people are going to be afraid to be able to put that down. But like I said, in order to be able to prepare, whether it's infrastructure or emergency um, uh, emergency services or anything, if we don't have the true numbers, then we're all hurting ourselves. So I do think that a lot of people are going to choose not to participate. I mean, people already kind of don't want to participate because it's like their time. Yeah. But I, now if there's a concern that if you're not well, a citizen and you might be run out, then what's it's the just, point? You know, people that are getting into your business. I mean, you know what? It's like how many people have had an extra person living in an apartment that's not on a lease? And I'm just, you know, talking about it could be like a 
domestic partner, a roommate, a friend, somebody that crashes on your couch for way too long, that sort of thing. But then that's the sort of thing like, what do you mean how many people live here? You know, there's there's yeah. a million reasons why you won't want to answer those I questions. I think you're both are right, but legally speaking, I don't see how the lawsuits will prevail. Ultimately, the this question stays intact and... But do you think that it goes a step further, that it's like, all right, well, now we have this information. Let's go find some of these people who said that they're not citizens. Do you, do you think it goes that far? Is that a- With this administration? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, anything's possible. But I think if they really want to find out all of our information, the government should just tag team with Facebook. Well, that, that, yeah, that's a great point. Because if you wonder how many people live in my house, just look yeah, at Facebook. Yeah. Just uh, get all of our let, data. Let me, let me let me try to take partisanship out of it. If this were the George W. Bush administration, how would you feel about it? Because you already said the Obama administration. If it was President George W. Bush or H. W. Bush, honestly, for that matter, would you feel any differently than you do about it being President Trump's administration? Um, I would have slightly less charge in my feelings because they were not you know, raiding and deporting Mass people in chief. And I know that somebody's going to say, well, Obama was a deporter in chief, but we'll note that there was a while there when there was a massive influx of unaccompanied minor coming from right. Guatemala and other um, countries, which is why uh, his numbers were higher than his predecessors. But I don't remember... I. I mean, it's in the in the Latin community. It's always been this like thing, like I get an amigo, like you know, it's right. like this joke that you know, like the boogeyman under the bed. So it's always been a concern, but I don't remember it being, of course, this strong, this charged um, ever in my lifetime. Right, and of course, I guess the, you know the the Bush family has done very well for themselves in Texas, and you know that is uh, obviously a. Uh, Latino rich state and uh, a border state. Yeah, certainly not a group that they would have uh, been even remotely interested in alienating. If for no other reason that people would bother them at Astros games. Uh, <laughs> we're going to take another break, but uh, when we come back, who's going to pay for the border wall? Is Chelsea going to pay for it? Brooke? Am I going to pay for it? Mm, President Trump has an idea who might pay for it. Is it you? Find out right after this. And we're back once again here on the Trump Report. Christian Blatt, Chelsea Galicia, Brooke Solis. Uh, I mentioned before the break uh, that President Trump has been speaking about the wall, and he's been talking about the wall for a long time. And uh, the way the headline was worded is that he has privately floated the idea of funding the construction of a border wall with Mexico through the U.S. military budget in conversations with his advisors. Now, on the one hand, this is brilliant because apparently the one thing that you can always find more money for is the military. So if, say, a Democratic president wanted to give, I don't know, free school lunches or free junior college, we'll go ahead and just figure out a way to put that in, in the defense budget because then you could probably get it uh, pawned off on the Defense Department. Uh, Chelsea, when you hear this, what do you think? Well, at first I was like, ooh, actually, okay, fine. I'm all right with that. A little less money on weapons, a little more on a wall, maybe fine. But it's kind of silly because the president doesn't get to make that kind of determination. So it's a moot point. All right. And, uh, Brooke, do you think that it's is, – is, 
are we at a point where President Trump is grasping at straws to get this border wall, wall that well, he guaranteed? What happened to Mexico paying for the wall, first of all? Um, that's a Well, you know, I've said many times on this show, I think he's going to amend it and say, I always told you that Mexico was going to pay for the wall. He's saying and the Mexicans in no, the military will he's, pay. <laughs> he's going to say that New Mexico is going to pay oh, for right, it. Right, that's, right. He's going to figure out a way that just the whole state will pay for it. Well, I've been reading up on military reaction on Twitter, and they are they think it's ridiculous and are completely against it and feel as though if we're going to continue to grow our great military, that that money should not be spent on a wall. Uh, They have mentioned potentially increasing, ramping up Border Patrol um, agents and safety and training, um, but they're not keen on a wall. And I mean, I think it's a waste of money altogether. But of course, that's what his base base wants. And that's what he promised. And I just don't foresee it happening. I mean, is that before or after we get the military parade? That's the other question. The 30 million. I, I mean, I feel like the military parade should go along the wall. They could create you know? the wall. Uh, while, yeah, behind them, there's a guy at the back, or you know, a group of men and women is what I mean by a guy at the back, are actually laying bricks as they go. So the parade goes through, you know, along the border, and the, the wall is built in their wake. Uh, our friend Storage Yard Resident is in the chat, and as Chelsea knows, he's been with us from the very beginning when we we first did Trump versus Hillary during the election, and he is a big proponent of the wall, and he says that he doesn't care who pays for the wall as long as it gets built, and now I, it just gave me the idea. Well, why doesn't he do a GoFundMe or Kickstarter for the wall? If these people want the wall that badly, why don't they pay for it? And I'm not saying that you know somebody like Storage Yard Residence should have to you know cough up thousands of dollars. Well, if, if they pass the hat you know electronically, the proverbial hat, and you know you get like fifty, a hundred bucks, you're not going to get enough for the wall, but you know you're going to be able to put the down payment on the wall, or maybe you know? an optional tax where you check off a box that say you say I'm willing to be taxed this much. To, for the money to go to the wall. You get a choice, and those people who really want the wall can pay for the wall and get it made. I think that's totally fair. Well, you know, it, it, it wasn't uh, something that I was planning to talk about today, but the uh, you're talking sort of about earmarking tax dollars for mm-hmm. what it can go for, and that's something that's uh, been floated out before. Um, I am not that well versed in this area, but I did see a video from Cardi B where oh, she that's talked my about um, <laughs> interesting. Uh, I uh, she had an interesting point. Mm-hmm. Is you know, it's interesting because it tells you that last year was the most successful year in her career because all of a sudden she's paying forty percent tax. Yeah, she's not I, happy about what it. What I would say to her is when her career is going really well, you'd be taxed like forty eight, forty nine percent. So you know, you still have a little bit of work to do. You know, just check with Jay Z, see what his tax rate is. But in any case, she had this this comment, which is, you know, when you donate to a charity, it's like, well, here's what your where your money goes. Whether you know, she used the example if you sponsor a kid in a in a rural village, you know, you get a you letter, letter from them and you, you get all this. Well, it's like, okay. Okay, so we spent your, I don't know, let's just for the sake of a conversation, your $10,000 in taxes. Yes, we ha- we the government have it. You want to know where your money went? Here's where it went. Um, I don't think I mean, that... we kind of know. They know it's like $9. You know, if, if you had $100, 9 went to the military. I'm right. This no, up. but I mean, literally your money. It was like, okay, so we, you know, as this money comes out of the bank, this is what we're paying. So you know exactly, you know, your money went to something different than yours did, than mine did. Um, I think if people saw that, do you? How long do you think that the country would be able to survive, realizing <laughs> how badly they spend our tax well, dollars? Well, but first of all, that would be impossible because the money that we're 
making or was paying the government right now was probably spent 10 years ago. I mean, well, that's a great point. Mm -hmm. So basically, we'd all get a notice paying back China for the money they gave us. You know, that's basically where all of our tax uh, tax tax dollars are going. Um, I don't know. I, I I thought that the the idea that you could actually earmark at least a portion of your tax return for specific programs yeah. is a great idea. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't you know. And we're talking about programs that are already passed. You know, not like right. well, if you know, I'd like you to hang on to you know a couple hundred bucks, and if this thing gets passed, you know, it'll fund well, it. Uh, what I would prefer is that if there were several budgets that were proposed, you can have like. The Tea Partiers come out with their budget, and the moderate Republicans come out with theirs, and same with the Democrats. I mean, you can have a bunch of budgets that get made, and we get to vote on specifically on the budgets. Especially since they don't read the budgets that they put out now that get signed. And they would have to make it simple enough to where citizens could, A, have the time to read all 2,000 pages, however long they make. But the point is, is that I specifically want to vote on a budget. I... Maybe that's just my geekiness of being a personal finance consultant, <laughs> where I think that everybody should be. Technically, that's what our Congress people that we elected are supposed to do. Were, do you think that? that uh, but it's was too this like a, was this were you like a little girl and just like oh god one day I, I would just love to be able to vote on a budget and it could be uh, honestly no it, it never <laughs> never was but here's why I I thought of it because budgets we all think of. Budgets as, you know, people who are, like, not making that much money, and so you have to live on a budget, and it's this, like, oh, woe is me thing. I'm not making, you know, it's it's a punishment for not ha- making much money. But then I found out that that my mom, every year, would come up with multiple budgets and would suggest it over to my dad. Okay, here are some options. And they would choose a budget, and it was, and it's not because of, they had to be um, frugal. Right. Um, they. It was not to be frugal. No. Oh, okay. It was. It was just to try and be purposeful. Smart. I mean, we'd want to yeah. buy a house, another house this year. You know what? Yeah. How many cars are you going to get this year? All that kind of stuff would be decided in advance. And a, a budget is for people of all budget sizes, and <laughs> we should be really connected with where our money goes because I agree with Vice President Biden on this. Don't tell me about your values. Show me your budget, and I'll tell you what your values are. Uh, you know, you're, you're talking a lot about the budget, and I'm going to feel like uh, Rand Paul is probably not one of your favorite politicians. But did mm-hmm. you see what he did uh, last week? I did not. So he tweeted as he went through the omnibus budget, and he read the 2,000-page budget. And so there's mm-hmm. a series of tweets. You just look them up. And I think as a completely nonpartisan exercise – Good for him. He's like, you know what? They're voting on this thing. And, you know, he's like, there's a, there's a lot of you know, garbage in this. And he's like, but nobody's read it. He's like, I'm going to read it. I'm going to tell you what I think as I go along. And I, I don't know how many tweets there are. And I don't know how long it, you know, look, I don't know how closely he read the 2,000 pages. I mean, I could imagine like a. I, I saw know. the picture of yeah. him holding like the 2,000 yeah. pages. Yeah. And I was just like, well, great. At least somebody's, you know. He might be the only person that's ever actually read the whole thing. Did you know, could... Trump admit that he didn't read it at all? Right, that's but I mean, who who reads these budgets? Is the point? It's like I'm not even going to hold that against Trump. I because mean, I'd it's make like... someone at least create a Cliff Notes version for me if well, I were the president. I agree. I, I would like. Okay, it's two thousand pages. How about give me the main ideas? Yeah. Can, can we get can we get can we get down to ten? And by yeah. ten, I mean two. 
You know, just one sheet of paper, double sided. Uh, you know, twelve point font. You know, don't don't go crazy. Uh, but <laughs> give some space on the margins. It yeah, can be like yeah, point a little, four, yeah, a little bit. Uh, and but no comic sans. In any case, I just I don't know. I mean, what do you think about that, Chelsea? I mean, you, it's not really a comment about. Rand Paul. But the fact that at least somebody's going to take the time to read it and comment on it. Yeah, well, now forevermore, that really embarrassing statement by Nancy Pelosi of let us pass this um, bill so we can see what's in it. Now that one's been wiped out by this bill. So both sides are on even grounds. Uh, The interesting thing about the omnibus bill uh, was the fact that President Trump flirted with the idea of, of, of not signing it. And his uh, his base, and by that I mean, you know, like Laura Ingram and people like that, were very happy with the idea. It's like, yes, don't don't sign this thing. You know, he said, and he tweeted that he would not sign it. Right, but then he backpedaled. But then he was like, I I would not sign it. Dot dot dot. Until now, and then he puts puts his old Trump Hancock on there. Um, Trump Hancock. Just all centered on the military. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, you know, look, we're at the point where you're spending a trillion dollars. You're just like, all right, whatever. It's like, it's like cartoon. It's Monopoly money. I'm like, that doesn't even feel real to me at this point when you get up to that much money. When you think about what the debt already is, how much money we owe China. I don't even know who else we owe money to. You know, I I don't want to know, by the way. Michael Cohen. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> just a, just 130k <laughs> and Russia. Yeah, uh. right. Uh, but you know, and it's just it's such a preposterous amount of money that uh, I, I, I it's hard to take it seriously. In all honesty, well, it's kind of it's just an exaggerated version of what Americans we're doing on a personal level. I will say that from what I'm finding now, years out there working with people, this like spending way much more than you have and having no idea where it's going and what it's for and it's just how you know, did that get here? There's a conservative argument that could be made about Cardi B's Instagram uh, video that she put out that she's kind of a proponent of, of well, A, us paying less taxes altogether, but B, because we don't really know where it's going or what we're funding or if it's making a difference. Um, right. I think right. Well, I think Cardi B is uh, a big proponent of Cardi B paying less taxes. Oh, of course. You know, I mean, of course. I, I, don't, I don't know if she cares what Jay Z. Any pays Republican in taxes. will yeah. will uh, appropriate what, take that. What were you going to say, Chelsea? I don't remember. You don't remember? That's all right. <laughs> so quickly it comes and goes. <laughs> the, the, it's, in, it's in the moment oh, that it comes up, and then uh, speaking of like conservatives making that argument. Still well, point. I mean, I I guess the the point of it is uh, companies are pretty responsible in knowing you put money out, how much did that bring back in? Right. And if we're really being run like a business, like the great entrepreneur, Mr. Trump, promised to run us, we would be profitable. Figuring out our ROI here. Right. We would know that, you know, I I mean, marketers know it's like for every dollar that goes out, you should be bringing back three. Like, where, where is that happening? Um... And there is no accountability of where the money is going and what the result is with that money. So we're just, we as individuals are spending much like the government and have no idea. This looks good in the moment. Oh, we think we need this. Um, you can, in a moment, you can convince yourself that anything is a want, not a need. 
And, and that's uh, just kind of what we all do. ROI, that's the outdoor camping store, right? That's, <laughs> uh, uh, so what you're saying, Chelsea, is that the, the government is a lot like when I was in my 20s and I had a few thousand dollars in credit card debt and then I got the thing for the new credit card that had the 0% interest, I just flipped the balance over to it. Yes. And I did have to eventually, yeah. cut. there was a reckoning for that money that I flipped. Now, I, I did save some interest on it. So it was it was good for like six months. Yeah. Uh, is that what the government's doing? Uh, sort of, yeah. Except just, there is no zero balance transfer card. They balance right. that no, interest that, just that, keeps that going, Chinese, piling up. Yeah, it's got it's got like twenty five percent. But the, the uh, fact that it's just money's going out and there's no really accounting of it, and it, was it really productive? Was it really did it? Did we spend it and get for it what we thought we were going to when we planned to spend this way? It's just all so haphazard, but it. Can't be that surprising because that's how we, on an individual basis, deal with our own money, generally speaking. Well, I guess uh, the people we elect are going to be a reflection of ourselves. Right. So, so, which is why this is a personal plug. We should all get financially fit. And and how can we do that? <laughs> oh gosh, I won't use it to my advantage that much. But if well, you happen to Google, if you happen to follow, if you happen to, if you happen to follow Chelsea, yeah. which you'll find out her Twitter in mere minutes. Uh, we only have a few minutes left, and I did want to talk about John Bolton. And I always I, think of Michael Bolton. Yes, uh, although <laughs> he'd be a better choice. We well, have less war with all that music. I don't know. I think a lot of I think I, like, a, I think it brings like a lot of Michael angry Bolton. feelings up uh, from Michael Bolton. But so my statement about Michael Bolton is this, and I'll, I'll certainly give both of you plenty of time oh to talk about. It. It's John Bolton. Uh, but uh, so uh, f- as most people know, for years I produced Dennis Miller's uh, nationally syndicated radio show, and a regular guest was Michael Bolton. <laughs> now you got me. John Bolton. Michael Bolton was on once, but John Bolton was actually on many times. Uh, I believe I I looked this up before the show. I believe it was like 40 times. And they would have conversation with whatever was going on. Some of it was during the Bush administration, so obviously there's a little bit of a Right. How many wars was he like, "Mm, no, that one's not such a good idea. And and so the the thing is (laughs) that my impression of him is a lot different than I think the way people are reacting. On a text chain, our friend Dex- Drexel talked about how, well, we're all going to be dead soon. And, uh, you know, I don't think he'd mind me telling that story, that mm-hmm. tale out of school. Because uh, it's not out of school. You know, he was out there. Um, <laughs> look, I, I don't know that I agreed with him, but he would talk about the problems in the world in a way that I was just like, all right, at least at least somebody has an approach. You know, he, he didn't want to close Guantanamo Bay. There's things like that where you, you could go back and forth on. But in terms of other people in the administration, that's the context I'm putting this in. It doesn't seem like the the choice that everybody's reacting to. So, Chelsea, I'll start with you. Well, people think that it's like, well, we're this is this is this guy's going to start like ten wars before lunch. Uh, you know, I don't even think there's ten countries we could get into a war with. I, well, we're already bombing like seven or eight. Right. Well, that's kind of the thing. It's like, well, you know, was he gonna... how much worse can it get? Well, is it really? Why do you feel like it's that bad? I guess is what I well, wanted to ask you. Now, I only read this read this briefly. I didn't read something, um, multiple t- articles about it or anything in depth, but that he had actually cooked up some of the intel that led us to into Iraq, that he knowingly created false information for us to rely on to steamroll into Iraq because of these weapons of mass destruction. That by itself is really, really horrifying that he will manufacture facts. Uh, in order to get us to be ag- aggressors and go to war. I-, I think that should be appalling to anybody. 
Where did you read that? Uh, I, because that is mm. not, you know, look, I, I'm, I actually I'm not think here to be. It may be have a... been on the, a link that you uh, sent out about the show. Okay. About sh- shall I, shall I look? You can look. Then go ahead. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, because, look, I, I, I'm not a Michael Bolton apologist, and I'm not a John Bolton apologist either. Uh, but I it just, it, it it was not something that, that I was aware of. Uh, Brooke, when you heard this. Uh, so isn't John Bolton the guy, and, and, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, who came up with the term preventative war? Um, I think you're right. So when you decide to go to the war be- the be- to prevent war. The best offense is a good defense, I think. Then you might saying. have a problem because that defeats the whole notion of not going to war. I mean, he is by all means um someone who's very who has a very Machiavellian style, I'll say, who is always ready to fight, who I think personally thrives off of conflict and war and um controversy. In the sense that he's similar to Trump. Like, I think he's used to the chaos. And I think that's why he's chosen him. Because he's the kind of guy who wants to fight and duke it out. In, like, the simplest terms. He's kind of like the bully in the playground who is ready to to put his, um, put his fists up right away instead of try to work anything out. Which is not how, obviously, we should be working in terms of, like, foreign diplomacy. Especially given that Trump is going to be speaking with... Kim Jong-un soon, and the last person I would want to have at his side is John Bolton. I feel like John Bolton is exactly the kind of person who is just like, you You can't be in a room with this guy. You know, I think it's, you know, it's like, the only the, you know, you can be on the phone while you say to him, hey, watch this, and you know, he, you listen as he hears like, you know, a bomb drop out his window or something. You think he's going to talk Trump out of meeting I do, I do actually oh, think I don't I don't think that that fits, my impression of him is that this isn't the kind of guy you meet with. You know? Didn't he also say that it would be best if we just went ahead and struck uh, North Korea beforehand because that's what they need in order to show that we have the biggest... Just to bring it all full circle as we wind (laughs) up here, what North Korea needs is to have a rolled up magazine taken across their backside repeatedly. With Kim Jong-un's face on it. You know, whoever's face you want to put on it, you know, but... Probably, I, because honestly, every magazine in North Korea has Kim Jong Un's face on it That's somewhere. That's true. So that'll be know. easy. Did you confirm? I did see that. That was the article in the Nation, and um, I will admit that while I read that, I read it in the way that I think Rand Paul read the budget, and that I, I like read the starts of the paragraphs and was like, "Oh, this is good." And then we didn't get to really talk about his in depth, but uh, yeah. So I mean, it is a, it is alleged that he cooked up uh, some intelligence. Uh, so you know, that's obviously the sort of thing that's troubling, but. At the same time, I feel like he'd be right at home. But uh, let us know what you think about uh, John Bolton and everything that we talked about. You can tweet us at Trump Report ABTV, and we will uh, look for your comments next week. Uh, for those of you who watch live on YouTube, I believe starting today we will always be at this time of 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern, but we'll let you know if that changes. And uh, please leave your comments on the YouTube video for uh, those who weren't watching live. You can follow me at Christian DMZ. And Chelsea, where do people follow you? At Chelsea Galicia. And Brooke. Hey guys, you can follow me at Brooke Solis TV. Thanks so much to the ladies. We miss you, Scott. We miss you, Tamara. We hope we see you both soon. And uh, we will see you all next week. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.